0: Oh, feels so good to be back
1: you know yeah it really does feel so good to be back um you know um, before we really get into the nitty-gritty of it, you know, today on uh, Sidework Podcast, this mm-hmm. is a very special episode of Sidework Podcast, Brooke. Um, I really would like to remind everybody to subscribe, rate, review, Ooh,
0: Ooh. all the things. And I have to commend some of you just came out of the woodwork, sent us some server-submitted stories. It felt like the holidays. I, I love... Receiving mail
1: packages—that's not a bill, not an advertisement—just straight from your guys's hearts and
0: traumatized memory banks. <laughs> yep.
1: Thank right you to for us. Tra-
0: yeah, thank you for trauma bonding with us. um But <laughs> welcome to Side Work <laughs> Podcast, everybody. I'm your host Brooke Van Poplin,
1: uh, and I'm your other host Andrea Wallace. And uh Brooke,
0: we are, uh, are broadcasting live. We're broadcasting
1: live from, straight from Buka de Beppo today. Hello. Um, We know you guys are listening to this, but hopefully if you put eyes on uh, socials as you should, you'll see that we have uh, upped our technology game today.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, baby. Um, We also.
1: I I, want to say this is, I'm going to say this is the 60s uh, section from where I worked at Buka. This would be like this. Yeah
0: the swingin 61 sort of 60s. 62 Oh the actual 63. you remember the table numbers mm-hmm. Wow well um I'm in the Pope room uh yes. if you can see him behind me with the big the the rotating lazy susan for everybody um and what's more is we actually went and dined together at Buca De Beppo earlier this week Oh to, man we yep. sure did we sure did but more more to come on that Oh um, yeah
1: let's let's talk really quick about um there's a looming storm about to hit Los Angeles, California. Hurricane Hillary is coming straight at us. Um now you guys are going to listen when you're listening to this, the storm will have passed already so we could yes. be dead by now, you know?
0: Oh. Well, at least we finally are last Will and testament of the of the podcast was we finally talked about de Beppo. We ad went nauseam. full meta for the last episode, guys. Like we, we did. really,
1: we really went full circle.
0: Um, Whether you can see this or yeah. not, I am actually wearing a shirt that looks like an Italian checkered tablecloth, and I'm blending into the background seamlessly. Uh, uh, I mean, it's pretty incredible. <laughs> um, now, Rook, when it comes to said
1: pending storm, are you worried? Do you? I Ooh. I don't know what to think or do. I
0: it, I think it's going to end up just being unusually heavy rain for this time mm-hmm. of year when we would normally be on fire. Right.
1: And then there'll probably be like a little bit of flooding here and there. But I'm just kind of like trying to gauge. You know, I know some people that are just like, I went out and bought $300 worth of groceries. And I'm just like, but if the power is out, you can't open your fridge. And, you know, there's still a lot. There's still it's, a lot. We. I mean,
0: we already went through this we had historically awful rain all winter long from yeah my whole thing
1: is like so much so quick that's really the only thing and I'm really more worried about like you know Death Valley apparently like one year's worth of rainfall is 1.7 inches and they're supposed to get like up to three to four so it's like there could be a whole new lake created in Death Valley because of this you know
0: yeah we always have to watch out for like mudslides so it's like hey uh i'm not gonna go hiking during the hurricane right. okay well
1: and obviously this kind of weather is gonna really fuck with a sunday night shift let's not lie huh you're <laughs> oh, oh, gonna get like God. the people that are scared of not coming in but then you're gonna get the weirdos that are gonna want to wait at the storm in the bar let's oh they're not gonna forget those
0: guys get ready for your disaster survival campers they're like i'm here to <laughs> camp with you the ultimate place though if you do get trapped food and drink it's true. It's very, very true. Now, Brooke,
1: would you yeah. tell me, you, you were telling me you were going to get some energy healing done
0: this week. And I, did that happen? I did. You know, especially after our little speech to everyone about self-care um, uh-huh, uh-huh. last last episode, uh, I got advertised to by Instagram. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> uh, I walked out of it. Um, I showed up. I was like, this person didn't really greet me, didn't tell me oh. his name. Oh, uh, didn't really ask who I was. There was no intake, no wait. There's forms. no consultation
1: whatsoever. No, when-
0: I don't think this guy is above board because they only accept cash or Zell. Oh, oh, right, right. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, he
1: should be. He has to be. There was, you didn't see a license on display anywhere. I was
0: looking for and like his energy. Like he was real squirmy and weird, because he's like, and I mean, I'd watched some of the videos, and it's like when I kind of went back and watched another one, he's the kind of energy healer who, in his video, like was having a convulsion because he was pulling negative Uh energy out of a client, but he Uh took it, you know, he took it into himself. Uh He
1: did like, yeah, right, sure, Um, sure.
0: So I real green mile situation. It was yeah. He started (laughs) yawning bees, and I was like, (laughs)
1: yawning bees. (laughs) I
0: gotta get out of here. But no, where I'm just a little bit like, hi, I'm Brooke. Like, I'm a woman walking into a dark room. Like, you need to, you know, because he was almost like, like, please, you know, get on the table and get settled. And then he stood outside the room and stared at himself in a full-length mirror for a minute straight. Like, whether what? it was like, I don't know. And then, and then after saying nothing to me, and I'm like, this is so fucking weird. Like, I'm face down on the table, and he's like, Do I have permission to touch your body? And I was like, you know what? I need a minute. And then I was like, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. Um, I'm really nervous, and I don't feel good about this. And he was like, Well, if you're nervous, then I'm gonna ingest your nervousness, and I don't want to be nervous. So how about what? Oh my uh, and god! I w- oh my god! Right,
1: I'm like oh, sorry. My- I mean, as a as a bodywork like professional healer,
0: this is this is insane bad. right now. Oh, it's I was like, all right, Buffalo Bill, um, and he's like, we can reschedule. I won't charge you. I was like, that sounds yeah. Great. You're like, you think? I was like, what yeah. There will be no rescheduling. But like that, well, the worst you- part is, didn't you drive to Venice for this I or drove- something? People, 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 do not get an Instagram ad fishing scheme getting you into a random guy's building in venice i mean there was another female masseuse but i was like god damn this is bad bad bedside manner because it's like who are you yeah i'm not totally oh so so i had some energy release i fucking rage cried the whole drive home just because it's been one of those days but i was like you did have an effect on me i'm creeped out and i felt scared for myself and going to release my favorite part
1: of this is like translating to like it's like you have us you know you go and you sit at a table and your server comes up or your customers and you're (laughs) just like you just blankly stare at each other and like nobody orders or says anything and nobody gets anything and nobody
0: (laughs) you're like okay you know what i'll try again i'll come back in five and try again anyways um yeah was (laughs) Was uh, excited. You know, I'm su- I'm surprised I'm alive. If uh, he has if he didn't kill me, the storm's going to anyways, um, guys, should we get into some headlines? Let's get into some headlines. I for love sure. Brian sent. This oh, to us. my God. So First headline good. is
1: so great. You guys. It's out of CNN. Spam is donating five truckloads of the beloved canned meat to uh, in response to the Maui fires. Um. As we know, spam is a staple of the Hawaiian diet left over from, you know, the war, war, World World War War II. Um, The best thing about spam is it does not need to be refrigerated. So you can take it anywhere. It it is very durable. I mean, this is a million dollars worth of pork product that has been donated for sure. And I think this is like, I, I love this story so much.
0: It's a beautiful gesture because... Spam has as a company Recognizes and appreciates That it's like Hawaii alone Has kept them You know as a product on the map Where we phased out of a lot of other You know food items from that era But Spam is wonderful Because you have the Hawaiian people Making things like moco loco with a Spam Or Spam Spam on a breakfast plate Or the Masubi Oh Oh, Masubi from a gas station In Hawaii
1: The time I eat and an obscene amount of Spam is when I have had the pleasure to visit Hawaii. Oh. And it is a salty, incredible treat um, that a Spam masubi on the beach with a six-pack of beer is just one of the best days you'll have in your life. So
0: kudos to Spam. I, I love it. Three fulls and 264,000 cans donated. And the other brilliant thing about Spam is I I think they – um sort of uh, invented uh, more of the pull top. Because it's like, you don't even need your can opener. Right. You can get in that yeah. port with you a little pull get tab. In there. Yeah, you don't
1: need the, like, <laughs> the you know, what do you mean? I'm doing a thing, but you can know opener. what I mean. Yep. Yeah, the yes, that can opener where you have to, yes, for sure. If you guys haven't donated to any relief funds in Maui for the wildfires, there are so many out there. Our last episode we talked about a lot, but, you know, just do your research. Make sure they're going in the right direction. But really, there's so much relief out there. So you
0: guys go ahead and donate if you can. Um, This next. I mean, I guess now. Oh, my God. This next story. I feel like it's like we're in a trend of like we talk heartwarming things about Maui, then go straight to a TikTok ridiculous Just human. Tr- I know. I know. I know. <laughs> Oh, my God. If I can get the article open, sometimes I
1: feel like I have articles open too long and then like a pop up happens and I can't like get to the story. But here we go from the daily dot dot com. Oh, Jesus. This Dean Redmond, TikTok star, virtually gets gets this viral video. He's a server and he has this story that he shared that says, "Oh my god, I'm gonna get canceled, you guys. I, I have the craziest story to tell you. This is nuts." So he's 22. Oh no! It all started when a 22 person bachelorette party came to the restaurant, and then he said he got terrible acid reflux after taking their order and had to run up to the restroom to throw up. I've du- I've taken a dive into his his TikTok and like this is an ongoing thing for him, which Poor is it an, it baby. sucks, which is terrible. So when he finally pulled himself together and returned to work, his boss angrily awaited him. Another large party uh, had been waiting for him to take their order all that time and he quickly tended to the second table but forgot to give the bachelorette party's order to the kitchen.
0: 22 Top of Uh,
1: Bachelorettes. uh So he runs to the kitchen to get the bachelorette party's ticket to the front of the line. It's been 15 minutes since he should have put it in, which in restaurant time is like over an hour, as he says in his TikTok video. And it's true. Um, and that's when he came up with a very strange excuse for the slow service. So he grabbed a coworker who he's he knows she does her makeup there in the morning and is like, oh, my God, we have to do something. And so they decide to. Make up a black eye onto his face. Basically. Oh, yeah. So a really realistic, nasty looking, black and realistic eye. black eye. And then he runs up to his table and he's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Someone just like punched me in the face and I forgot to put your order in. <laughs> so, of course, 22 women at a bachelorette party are like oh my god I can't know what and he was like I know it's so crazy but I swear to god your food will be out here soon I he's swear like, he's like i so, it's you guys a little bit behind priority.
0: it's a little bit behind because I was dealing with being assaulted but I got ah. you babes
1: so they're like, oh, my God, we have to get you an ice pack. And they treated him like a hero. You know, when he returned, like, they were just, like, hysterically clapping for him. And then they ended up tipping him
0: $160. He got a huge tip. Yes. I- now, let's do the math, though. A 22 top. It's probably about the tip he was owed, but the fact that he got his full tip when he did do a fuck up, um, yeah. you know. I mean, also that wasn't auto graded. There are holes in this story, but I do like the ingenious kind of. I'm sure they left extra. I just I mean, they well, probably if they left extra, like, maybe that's... Yeah. Because I'm just kind of going like, well, he was probably auto and that probably would have worked out to be his tip on a party that big. So, right. Yeah, maybe maybe an extra hundred and sixty dollars. This guy though. Has antics. I mean, he told another it's This is table- not his first rodeo. No, it is not. I saw in this in this article that another t- Well, he's got an ongoing problem. He seems to barf and then forget to put table <laughs> squirters in. <laughs> he loses time. <laughs> he loses time with his head in the toilet and then comes back down. And then so he faked a dog bite. And then yes. he also said the police had just called and informed him his mother had been murdered. No, she died in a car crash. Oh, she died in a car. It doesn't matter. That is right. so sad. Su- you can't psychotic. use the dead mom card, no.
1: especially when you forget to put a fucking order in, dude. Like it- <laughs> that <laughs> ah, This people. is so good. But for I me- mean, look. He's suffering in a way, but this is a lot. Yeah.
0: This is retribution for all of the scamming motherfucking customers who all they do is think of ways to lie. So this is the universe evening it all out. I don't (laughs) hate him for any reason. He's like a completely hysterical gay man. I'm like,
1: whatever you have to do to get through a ship, you're not being malicious. You're not being mean. You're not like, you know, you're just kind of like... The stretching the truth a little bit You're embellishing you know And maybe it's because you're Would you rather hear someone say I got punched in the face Or to be like I was throwing up you know, especially in a restaurant.
0: I know. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In terms of the gross out factor, you don't want to hear that their head was in a toilet and they're touching. I mean, your food, but the thing so. is, is
1: he's just like, I'm putting it all on TikTok. There's like total transparency and everything that's going on. So what are you going to do?
0: You know, I bet they loved him anyways. And um, whatever. So <laughs> I, I would say going forward, you seem really likable and you, you might be able to stop lying because you were just our charming person. But for now, enjoy the lies. Enjoy those lies for sure. All right, let's just admit it. That didn't happen. Oh, my God. All
1: right. So this last headline, um, Bon Appetit, who has been killing it in food writing lately, talking about serving, talking about restaurants. I just, I think they're doing a really bang-up job. Um, they have this really fun article that basically, like, theme restaurants are back, baby. And here we are. Here we a are. In restaurant right now. Ah. In a Buca de beppo. Buca de beppo. Um, so there's modern day new theme restaurants coming out, you know, specifically uh, Las Vegas has this really, really fun um, 20,000 20, leagues, leagues Under the Sea, Purdue Lost Spirits. There was a Lost Spirits restaurant in LA for a long time that Instagram used to advertise me all the time. And I was like, oh, I would love to go to that. But it was like always. Then it was like pandemic-y. But basically, this one is like you're like you're taking down a dark maze through like shadowy hallways. And then like you're asked if you want to participate in the seance for the night. And like you get like really fun, delicious cocktails. And then it's like you're 20,000 leagues under the sea. And um, there's like giant octopuses everywhere and the food is supposed to be like insane delicious. I mean, it looks incredible Um, and again, the drinks are so, so good too, but that being said, this is not the only restaurant that's pushing
0: into it. So Super oh, Mario bad.
1: Brothers. Well, I was going to say it's
0: it's too mm-hmm. bad they haven't gotten their um there's the Titan um where you could dine with billionaires and be crushed to death underwater. Oh <laughs>
1: oh boy. Oh, or like a like a Running Man themed um yeah. Also that is too soon. But R I P. Is it? I don't know. That's a crazy
0: joke. <laughs> is aren't tinned fish all the rage? <laughs>
1: oh wow. damn, son. All right. So uh, who says I
0: quit stand up comedy? Nobody. Are nobody gold. ever.
1: Um, so the Super Mario Brothers themed uh New Land at Universal Studios, which you have been to, oh, yeah. They have a new toadstool themed cafe. Yep. Um wouldn't do it here in LA and Wouldn't do it. Everything costs one thousand no, dollars. Oh my god. This <laughs> is the thing so for expensive. sure. I know. Um, There's Barbie cafes Mm -hmm. in Malibu, in New York, in Chicago, Um, and in Sydney, Australia, they're maybe headed stateside soon. There is a new restaurant called Karen's Diner, which we were talking about. The emblem is absolutely the emoji with the Karen haircut. Um, and it is—it's pretty much like an Ed DeBevix. It's it like a, you know your servers are sassy to you, which you kind of
0: think it would like. It's be the other way around. You should the be able other to be a way Karen around. as the customer.
1: Yeah, like maybe you put on a Karen wig, maybe, and you just get to let loose on your servers for maybe. But half like, but an like, hour.
0: everything's autograded, no matter what. You know, totally. Like, like, like yeah, you you're definitely protect-
1: like. If someone asks to speak to the manager, there's definitely like a. Wah, rah, they, get Wah, rah, rah.
0: they get shocked. They get shocked. Or yeah. Like, oh,
1: I was thinking like everybody does the YMCA, but like uh, some sort of group dance, some sort of group Karen dance. But uh, I think I when I was talking to. Uh, a friend of mine who actually works at a tiki bar that's here in Burbank, who our friend Aaron, who we should get on the show to talk about Ooh. all things tiki. Um,
0: <gasps> I'm who working worked at Tony's in these starts bar. away
1: for years. Um, I really think that there's just something, a level of escapism that people really want after so much shit of pandemic. They just want to go out to eat and completely forget their woes. And if I need to be surrounded by all sorts of curated props. I'm you know you know I'm fully on board with a theme restaurant
0: two things on this um would be like I think the Karen concept is backwards because it's Aussies who put this together and you don't fucking Uh tip there and they don't get it so it's Uh like they don't like Uh they don't get it like god bless but the American version Uh would be brutal um real brutal (laughs) real brutal um The reason I hope these theme restaurants will work and do better is because if the food is going to improve, then I'm interested. It was just synonymous for paying exorbitant fees for bad wedding food just to be having, you know, the theme experience. But now they know customers like they they they're not playing with that. Like you better give them stiff drinks and good food um, if they're paying all that. And so that's where hopefully it's going to succeed.
1: I mean and I think I mean and people want that I mean people want what is food now like if a theme menu or a, a prefix menu if that's like that's like theater unto itself these days. So if you're just you know adding some actors into the mix again oh, yeah. I am totally
0: on board. <laughs> I'm in and and that headline obviously dovetails so beautifully when we get to the topic of the day but um I love yeah. it. you picked some good ones.
1: Oh, thanks, Brooke. Um, Let's
0: get into, uh, shall we move on to uh, some server submitted stories? Oh, this is great. This is our friend who lives here in SoCal, got back in touch with us. So here we go. Let me get that out of there. All right. Hi, friends. So glad you're back. I took an extended hiatus last year, too, to go hike the Pacific Crest Trail. That is so cool. Oh. Uh, she says that's a whole other mostly unrelated story. I did have to teach my European hiking buddies how to tip, though. Good. Good girl. See? Anyway, I'm now working at a great restaurant owned by a dear friend and former co-worker in Venice Beach. July and August is peak tourist season down near the Venice Boardwalk where I almost got sexually assaulted yesterday. Anyways, (laughs) our typical clientele is the neighborhood folks, but because of our proximity to the beach and boardwalk, we do get a fair amount of tourists. I was working the bar and counter one day where we encourage folks to purchase a glass or bottle of wine to enjoy while waiting for their table. So a British couple approached to order some wine and immediately asked for California wine because they're in California and they don't want to drink their local nasty European wine. So we (laughs) we pour exclusively natural wine. It's not my favorite. And of course, they don't want something funky and natty tasting, which limits their options to mostly European. I end up finding them a beautiful bottle of Chardonnay, just as their table becomes ready. So I offer to just bring the bottle over and do beverage service at the table so their server can catch up. They love the wine. They seem really happy. About an hour later, I'm busy at the bar and the British man walks up with his credit card, slips, and asks which copy he should sign. I answer. Then he proceeds to tell me that his service was excellent from both me and his server. He loved the wine, but quote-unquote, our food took an hour. So that's why I'm not leaving a tip. Mm. I responded but there was nothing wrong with the service? He responds, yes, we were very happy with the service. Knowing these people were tourists, I just went and took my shot, said in the sweetest way possible, you know, your server doesn't cook the food, right? Yeah, but it took a long time and that's why I'm not tipping. And he tried to be really friendly and wave as he was leaving like a "Tulu, enjoy your goose egg. <laughs> I just stared daggers at him until he was out the door. So I went ahead, looked at the ticket times on their order after he left. From the time the food was rung in to the time the check was printed, 40 minutes total. Clearly, this was a tourist just looking for a reason not to tip and announcing it instead of just signing and leaving, which is, I think, the more humane thing to do. Anyways, I was less upset over the lack of tip. Honestly, just dropping the bucket on a super busy high volume weekend and really just was thrown by this fucked up interaction. Totally. Anyway, have a great day. Godspeed and good tips to us all. Love, Melissa. Oh, man. Well, that's
1: a chestnut of a story. Yeah, just keep it to yourself. Just like you live in another country. I'm never going to see you again. Don't be so properly British and nice and feel like you have to like tell me why you're not, you know,
0: like, yeah. Well, because the terrible part is they're admitting that they know that they should. Mm-hmm. See, I would just chalk it up and because a lot of resentment builds in tourist areas that you're like, if they're not from America, I'm getting fucked. And so it's just an expectation. And yeah. it's like, fine, just lean into it. But you admitted you knew you should tip and then gave a grotesque reason as to why you're opting. Oh, God, just walk away. I know. Just walk, walk into walk the away. ocean. You, you
1: obviously know what to do, but you're not doing it. And, then, and like, it's the thing, like... If you visit a foreign country I look up tipping etiquette where Whenever I go to a different country Just so I know what I'm doing Like whether I'm not I'm not supposed to over tip Whether right. I'm supposed to just like Leave a little extra Which is like in Italy I know you're just supposed to Just put like a few little extra If they've done a really good job You sure. know So it's like Do the fucking homework you guys Like They know ugh.
0: They know it's, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gross Anyways um, it's Well Melissa awesome awesome Great story yeah. Great to hear from you. Um, hey, hit us up. Uh we would love to come visit. I think we never made that happen. So we're making we're making local stops in the anyway. We're making listens, rounds. Yeah. I'm actually really like
1: good. if you guys are in LA and you want us to come
0: visit you or in the LA area, I mean shit. We'll
1: we'll come. We'll Don't,
0: come. We'll we'll come. This is <laughs> Sidework 2.0. Um, and send any of your server submitted stories to where, Andrea? Uh, over to sideworkpod
1: at gmail.com. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about, all from the comfort of your home, isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, What's your secret? Begin by ordering your at home impression kit today for only 14 95
0: Bite Clear Liners are doctor directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can
1: pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's BYTE.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with BYTE.
0: Delve into the shadows of the mind
1: with sleeping dogs, a gripping murder mystery. All right, guys. Well, let's uh, let's dive deep, if you will, like Brooke uh, talked about. She and I and Brian. uh, We took a walk down server memory lane this (laughs) week and popped into the Pasadena location of Buca de Beppo um, to relive my days of carrying, you know, 10 pound trays of pasta around. Um, The thing I love about the Pasadena location is that I have been to the Universal location, but the Pasadena location is just like the ones that I worked at like hey, I it, think we think we did we did the math uh I, I pulled a shift on 9-11 at Bucatabepo that's how long ago <laughs> so crazy if we're, if we're gonna date anything I feel real dated you know but I mean we had I don't know I I we had a very fun silly time oh, it was I mean, lunch don't you worry no we, we took videos too like there's content coming baby Told yeah, you. we've got some some side work. Two um, But before we like dive a little deeper into like our experience there, let's just talk about the origin of Buca de Beppo and break it all down, baby. In oh, yeah. In case you guys have no idea what I'm talking about after being listeners for it, this is our 190th episode uh, where Bucca de Beppo has been touted in some way, shape, or form on every episode, I would say. Probably, Brooks. That's why I'm- we
0: have the Bucca bell, because Andrea just
1: could not keep her mouth shut about Bucca de Beppo. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Okay, so the name Buca de Beppo Beppo, (sighs) roughly translates as Joe's Small Place in Italian, um, although there's conflicting meanings already. So in 1993, this guy named Phil Roberts, who was an outgoing Minneapolis restaurateur with a successful steakhouse, you know, and a sleek bistro-style northern Italian restaurant he already had, but he was, like, he's obsessed with red sauce joints. Like, he's super obsessed with, like, this, like, northeast, like, very, I don't know, Goodfellas-esque, you know, kind of, like, spaghetti and meatballs kind of place. um The place that, like, would keep their Christmas lights on yeah. all year. The place that would hang up, like, Velvet Mount Vesuvius, like, hangings. um. And so but he noticed that the owners were aging and that all of these restaurants were kind of phasing out of American culture American culture. So he was like oh, I want this and there's nothing like it in Minneapolis and obviously if you're a restaurant tour you just open up what you want, you know. I kind of think it'd be fun to be a restaurant tour and have money and be like what kind of weird restaurant do of- I want to think of? Yeah. Um, so he wanted the decor to be tacky, the portions to be enormous, um, the atmosphere to be boisterous. Um, and he figured it didn't matter that he wasn't Italian in the slightest um, because this was more like an homage as opposed to like a very authentic way. It was like a very American take on being Italian.
0: Uh, it feels like it like Little Italy in New York sort of, you know, where they're taking that vibe from the 50s and 60s and that uh you could come in, and I like how he said, I wanted it to be a restaurant people could kind of look down on, you know? Yeah,
1: where the, people could roll up their sleeves, where the decor is tacky and terrible, and you feel superior, as opposed to these, like, nicer-looking joints that are, like, sleek white linen. and marble, and, and you feel like they're fancier-looking, you know? So. Right. Right, yeah. So, so in 1993, in a tiny basement in Minneapolis, uh, Buca Little Italy, which was the first name, Ooh. which would then become Buca di Beppo, meaning uh, loosely "my buddy's basement," was born.
0: So, what is it? Is it my buddy's basement or is it Joe's small place? Either way, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Joe's small
0: place, which is
1: uh, a, also named after a butthole. I'm, I'm told there's some controversy behind it. It's a teeny tiny little butthole. Um, that's the <laughs> small place. <laughs> so. Oh, Where'd it go from there? So by nineteen ninety six, like shit was popping. Like the first location in Minneapolis became a humongous success. They would have like a hundred people standing outside on a cold winter Minneapolis night to get in. And which holy shit,
0: that sounds like didn't didn't you know you put, people in, in Minneapolis during the winter, they keep hot lasagna in their pockets to stay oh,
1: warm? Yeah. Uh-huh. That's- it's a little a little known fact. Little known fact. So by 1996 there were a dozen locations. They had gone out there and pushed them out there were a small chain if you will. Um and there were other Italian chains coming around at the time. So this is like when Olive Garden which was founded in 82 was out there, Macaroni Grill started in 88 and that was more centered around like Mediterranean culture, but Buca was unique because it was trying to trans- it wasn't trying to transport people to right. Italy. It was trying to, like, again, like we talked about, bring those Italian American stereotypes, you know. When, you know, with um, all of our
0: Italian American friends who love to say, you know, when, when, when uh, with African American people, they say black don't crack. And then all of our Italian friends say olive oil don't spoil. And, yeah. Uh, totally.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so if you guys know anything, um, about Buca de Beppo, their decor is just, It's it's off the chain. It's an assault on the
0: senses, but I
1: like it. Um. So yeah. So you know, you're getting all you're you're walking in the door and right away you're just getting like your ass handed to you in like tacky kitsch. Um. There's huge portions of food. If you guys didn't already know, it is a family style restaurant. (laughs) And in the beginning, um, the menus were on the wall. You weren't even handed menus, and that was a huge deal. That was like, a
0: sticking point for you
1: when we went mm-hmm. this week. You were like, oh, how dare. I mean, the, the thing is, is like when I, you know, when you work there, it's it's a concept that not everybody can grasp. And they get there and they don't even know what's going on. And so there's there's almost this like you know, amount of like, you're like, no, you're in a totally different place now. Like the menus are on the wall. So you just got to turn around and look up there and I'll show you and you can read it. And people are just like, wait, what?
0: Wow, wow it's I can't like hold
1: I'm- it in my and I have to share. Um, And that's really how it started. But, you know, I kind of like commend the idea to be like, we're all going to sit down and share a meal together. I think that, you know, if there's beauty in it. And why not with huge ridiculous? Re- ridiculous portions you, of food
0: the thing is you get your money's worth at Buka because you're taking home like another dinner for another night once you pack up your leftovers
1: and the food like as i remember it you know i think we all remember food as being better when we were younger of in course. ways but like obviously you know and when you, when we continue to read this article and all the article articles i found from bon appetit there was like a, another like a uh, daily like dot one i found like, admittedly, the food gets less good, like, in these articles. They start to cut corners sure. instead of, like, hand shopping the San Marzano tomatoes to make the sauce, which is how I remember it. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, like, bags of pre-made marinara are being delivered, you know, things like that. So, like, I feel like when I worked there, everything was made completely fresh every single day. So, like, I thought the food was amazing, um, but, you know, as it happens, like things just basically like get bought out when they when they ended up being coming a bigger chain. Um, you know, they hired a new CEO, Joe Micotrato, an Italian-American from Cleveland, Ohio, um, and he helped the company to expand and eventually go public. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he wanted to de-emphasize the kitsch and infuse his Italian immigrant family story into the Buca branding. And that's kind of where I came in like. I was kind of, like, right on the cusp of that when they opened the one in Omaha, Nebraska. It was very much more about the immigrant Italian and, like, Joe Peep right. and, you know. And just guy, Joe Meccatrato, like, came to our training because I was there, like, right when we opened the restaurant. And there's nothing like you'd be working at a corporate restaurant and everybody coming together for all the crazy training before you open the the grand opening, you know. Um so it was, you know, the idea was to bring legitimacy, he said, to like the tongue in cheek. That sure. Had sure. Brought in. It's, it's like if sure. you're gonna if you're gonna make sure. fun
0: of it, let me, the actual Italian person who lived it is what he says. Like let let me be you know, and I'm like, Hey, I I get that. Right. I love this. I love this part of the article where they're saying um, he started mandating that the decor team stop with the photos of nuns watching Wheel of Fortune. (laughs) And then he'd go, you know, he would do walkthroughs for new stores that were opening and he'd be looking at some of the, you know, a lot of the photos and all the art. And you go, that's got to go. That has to go. That definitely goes. (laughs) But for the decorators, they were always seeing what they could get past him, which is really funny to think about absolutely
1: absolutely um you know eventually i think a lot of things hit like with uh, it, again this is so funny this is all around my time like you know, things happened that noticed business was slipping. 9 11, I don't know if that really had anything to do with it. The Adkins diet for sure had, you know, oh. nobody wants to go like carb load. I was on fucking Adkins Working. when I worked Buca de Beppo, and the kitchen would make me, they were so good. I ate so much salad. They would make me like flour free chicken breast. They made me, uh, a like like a fake sugar like a stevia or like um cheesecake for my birthday one year they were so good to me uh, on my Adkins journey while I slung pasta to everybody Oof. that's so funny it's rough um. But, you know, things were not looking good for Buka over the years. And then the biggest blow came in 2006 when Joe Meccatrotto and two other company executives were sentenced to jail Uh-oh. for allegedly inflating income for Buca and stealing money for the purchase now, and renovation of now an Italian that's authentic. villa.
0: That's authentic. Yeah. yeah, that's a little, yeah. <laughs> two on the nose, <laughs> Joe. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was pretty much it for Buka, you know, as far as, like, this ownership. Um, And in 2008, they were purchased by Planet Hollywood, um, whose founder was eager to restore the restaurant to its tacky glory days. Um, Which is what we walked into. Yeah. And, you know, Planet Hollywood, obviously another theme restaurant, seems like a win-win for everybody, you know? (laughs) Oh, my God. So that is a little uh, brief history just on the rundown, the business side of it. But the decor, oh Jesus Christ. Oh is, Lord is really the decor. my favorite thing. And like when we walked into the restaurant the other day, just like seeing all these photos
0: that I stared at for years. You oh, know, you looked I, at there's like so clearly they all someone is like printing out like at headquarters the same you know high quality mm-hmm. laser printed photos which get mm-hmm. put in the weird purposely tacky aged frames but you're like i always thought this lady was julia roberts and then i look over and i see you know i'm like god just being haunted by the julia roberts look alike oh i know i mean i work. knew it wasn't her
1: but it looks so and she's she's like a sliced watermelon with like the flesh exposed like over her breast and just smiling with her head down with these big Julia Roberts lips and like a like curly hair it's- and yeah
0: but I guess she's Italian. Um, I guess she's
1: Italian. Everybody's Italian. When you know when you're your family, that's a different restaurant different, restaurant, different episode. Um, but the decor is really meant to resemble post-World War II Italian neighborhood decor. Right. So uh they're lined with photos of Italian immigrants and artifacts of post-war years. You know, obviously we have all the multiple theme rooms. There is like the poster room where you have all these different vintage posters. There's the wine room, which has like All the like wine bottles and it looks like you're like actually in a vineyard. Um, There's some really good and
0: obviously there's the Pope room. Oh, yeah. Which is where you're sitting. Yeah, I am sitting alone when I was like table for one Pope room, please Uh. (laughs) demand (laughs) to sit in there alone. Can you imagine
1: good? So here's the thing about having all this crazy decor. So there's supposedly they have more than 2,500 images at their sites. Like, so it's, it's a maze. It's insane. It is a complete sensory overload to be in a Bucca Beppo, you know, and it's different now. I know I keep being like, it's different now, but they used to just like pipe like all the old fifties and sixties Italian pruners, oh, yeah. like All the time. Now they're playing, like, weird, like, 60s, kind of, 80s, kind of, like, I don't know.
0: I don't agree with it. I don't Um, agree with it either. You know, can you imagine if you're, like, the night steward or the person who has to clean this goddamn place? Oh, and dust Dust? the fucker?
1: Yeah, we'd have (laughs) to dust. We would definitely have to dust. Like, if you got time, you got time to clean, for sure. Um, You know, there's a literal Romanesque style statue that looks a lot like Trump that we'll post on the socials for you guys to check out.
0: It's incredible. Everyone's um, favorite Rico charged former president <laughs> truly living out his mob <laughs> dreams.
1: I mean Joe McCatrado and a little Rico still in the money to try and get the Italian villa, that's for sure. Um, so without with all this like especially religious decor and some of it's very tongue-in-cheek, of course, the haters come out out sure um the pearl so clutchers an incident, and haters oh yeah an incident occurred in 2000 when a catholic bishop visited a recently opened fort lauderdale location and found the changed treatment of his faith imagery to be upsetting
0: Ooh. well your treatment um, of children you th- is upsetting all right there's Anyways. a pope
1: room there's a cardinal room i mean if you can't you know, the Catholic church is the everyday way of life in Italian culture. It is there. It is part of it. You see nuns everywhere. You see priests everywhere.
0: Like, I think, it, you know, you can't a, take a joke. Like a, a guy who rides around in a pope mobile with a giant, you know, with a hat the size of a surfboard on his head. I think he should be able to laugh a little bit. My friend. Absolutely. And every Buca
1: de Beppo is blessed by a priest, a, a cardinal.
0: Or a uh, priest. Uh, oh. It's
1: priest that comes in mm. and does and does the blessing. Um on it, on the new openings and some of them even do rabbis that come in, um but apparently um it's done a lot you know if having a business blessed by a Catholic official
0: is a fairly common practice nice. which I had no idea. I, I um, like this part too where clearly some families in Houston took offense to your fake Julia Roberts hiding her boobs behind a slice of watermelon. Oh, there's titties all over. The they sure And would hate, dongs. They sure you know? would hate going to actual Italy and. Seeing
1: sculptures. Well, and well, actually, you know, there was a pope. I wish I knew which pope it was, but there was a pope that had that was basically like no dicks for anybody, you know? <laughs> and all of the sculptures in Italy, all the wieners were covered with like little with grape leaves. So if you go to the Vatican, you'll see all these beautiful old sculptures. And then you've got like a little grape leaf that's about, you know, 300 years newer. And they've taken some of them off, but they're just like, cover up the dicks. Cover up the ding-dongs.
0: We're going to cover them up with a little modesty merkin.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, we we if we didn't mention this, I think a lot of our fans would be disappointed. But there is an Encino Buca de Beppo. And if you guys are familiar with Dorit uh, Kemsley, the real housewife of Beverly Hills, she and her husband are part owners of that location. And she
0: decorated her own room. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. she's got the Capri room where it's like, it. well, it's actually really pretty and I I, hope I they think it's f- really cute exclusively have like limoncello in there
1: you know yeah um, it's dedicated
0: to like yeah definitely
1: like lemon groves of Italy so it's 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 very cute but but yeah I mean oh my god I I think we've already said way too much about buco di beppo honestly
0: but, but it, like, was it was time it was it was really time
1: um I don't know though I think our experience there I'm so glad we went it's it was really fun to have a silly time I mean honestly like it It was very hilarious to be like, oh, my God. I spent so many nights, like, covered in marinara sauce. Like, from my shoes to my shirt to, like... Packing up like pounds and pounds of food. Brooke got to see me like close it to go lid like nobody's business. Because we had
0: leftovers. Yep. She showed me the industry trick, you know, because it's it's the kind where you have to press the foil down on top of the flat paper, which we're all picturing that. And if you have to do that ten thousand times a night, you're gonna cut yourself. So she did it with a knife in a smooth, deft one motion, one and done. I was like, girl, you still got it. You You get cut
1: by foil once. You don't wanna get cut by foil like Thick like metal material, and no, thank you very
0: much. Um, well, and I don't think I've been to one other than I think a small group of us visited you in Chicago at one point, and you might have hooked us up. Oh, I'm sorry, sure I mean, I that was twenty two years ago at this it point. Twenty two years, so <laughs> I hadn't been back, and it was really fun to be like. What, you know, I, I, you were like, "No, this is as big as the one in our in Chicago, which is mm-hmm. mind boggling to me because they're cavernous, such, yeah, yeah, cavernous,
1: cavernous. That's the word, but cavernous yeah, just, and
0: cavernous.
1: I, I, I just, yeah, it boggles the mind. You know what? Really, I always think about too is like, what's going to happen to these when they're when these go out of business? Like, what else would go into
0: a place like this? You know, no, you'd have to chap it up, chap it up in a different, chap it up, you know, build pieces, some walls. Like
1: I mean, I would love if there was a buco de beppo, like a state cell, I would love there were so many knickknacks that I would love to get my hands on like the kitsch alone just to be like, yes, 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 would would have that in my
0: home, like <laughs> incredible, you know, so we did and we'll end on this. Um, there were a few things that Andrea was sort of like, that's fucked up. It didn't used to be this way. And it was <laughs> first of all, like Plastic menus, uh-huh. and, and they were not clean menus either. Smeared when, with dried ice cream, bavante all over it, or something. Um, it was pretty gross. Um, and you know when you see these chains where they have to do their integrations with a brand or something, so to just see on the back like featuring Tito's something, you know, and you're like, oh God, it. Um, the my wine came in a branded stemless buka wine glass, and Andrew uh-uh. was like, oh, we used to do the the rustic. Little plain, uh-huh. you know, I mean, oh, it, which people like- would
1: freak out about, too. And they'd be like, don't you have anything stemmed? We'd be like, no, nope, we nope. don't. This is just this is how they do it in the old country. It's just table
0: wine, you know, just table wine in a little in a little short little glass, clear glass. Um, that was bugging. And then obviously you could do family style, but we each got our own portions.
1: We did, I, you know, and it's it was lunch, and I guess I guess that's like the thing too is like once they started being like, oh, we're not gonna do family style anymore, we're gonna shrink the portions. I was just like, you changed Buka to beppo, and like I, so I got out pretty you. quick after that. You know,
0: Buka. I'm you, not gonna lie, you're old um, guard, old guard buca. I'm I'm. I'm appreciative of that.
1: I do think it's fun, though. It's like, who really has an opportunity to, like, go? And if you guys haven't, if you worked at a corporate restaurant, I think that's, unless, like, the restaurants that you worked at so many years ago are still open and alive and kicking, you know, we I think it's fun to, to do a little nostalgic cruise back to, oh, heck you know. Yeah.
0: Just because, like the way we talked about how much uh, TGI Fridays changed the evolution of it from being like the place to get laid and do coke, and and everyone <laughs> wanted to work there, to now again, like here's our here's our Cheetos menu, you know, featuring yeah, items I mean, with Cheetos, and it's yeah, like here's a
1: here's a special Mountain Dew flavor that you can right, have. Not right. to mention that you can like take you can, your your freezer section is ripe with TGI Friday's food now exactly you know, it's, it's just weird I, your I old days old days man old it's days cool. for sure um well god you guys thanks for entertaining this buca de beppo sponsored episode um please again rate subscribe send in those server submitted stories sideworkpod at gmail.com and brooke you know what we say at the end of every episode
0: we do. Godspeed and good
1: tips, you guys. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Uh, play man, out that bell, Brock. Play, ja play the, the bell out. <laughs> <laughs> What? I can't hear it. Uh, oh. You can, uh, well, that no. doesn't make sense. Oh god. Oh no. All well, right. Brian, insert bell noise here. I record recorded it. Is.
0: We're good. We're good. I yes. promise it'll come through on the the audio side. Right. All right. Okay. Talk to you next week.
1: Look around.